Don't forget to listen to John at Gen X Grown Up, whatever you do. Not this show. Trust me. Just skip this episode. Gen X Grown Up's doing something. Welcome back to another episode of 1980s Now, a weekly examination of the importance of 1980s pop culture and its influence at this very moment, and then this moment, and the moment that's coming, and that one that passed. My name is Will, and joining me as always are my friends slash co-hosts, Kat and John. Hello there. Hi, guys. Hello. And while you've got your phone on there... Don't forget to check out John hosting his very own podcast, Gen X Grown Up. Yeah, thanks. Hey, on today's show, we'll be dispelling some of the quote unquote facts we learned mm. as kids. Mm. And in the process of doing that, we're also going to learn that Gen X is the smartest generation. I've got a scientific ah. proof. And finally, mm-hmm. and this this is going to be surprising to, hmm, actually maybe it'll be no, it won't be surprising to anyone, except maybe, okay. th- but, but there's going to be a twist. We're going to learn how dumb people don't mm-hmm. know that they're dumb. Okay. Now, here's oh. the thing. Now, I'm thinking, every, look, listener, dear listener, you're thinking, I know that. I know plenty of people who don't know they're dumb. But here's mm-hmm. the thing. <laughs> Have you ever considered whether you're that person? And you might be. Mm-hmm. And maybe any of us are. It's like seeing dead people <laughs> and then you just don't know it. It's probably better that we don't know. It's a club to which you could belong and not know it. Not to be confused with Fight Club, but <laughs> John, you weren't supposed to talk about that. <laughs> we told you at the very beginning, the first night. Nobody gave me a copy of the rules. No, but we repeated it over and over again. <laughs> anyway, hey, and just to be clear, when we talk about being dumb, mm-hmm. we're not just talking about anybody's amount of education anybody's had. You could have, yep. uh, hey. you know, a Harvard degree and still be dumb. And you right. could be a, a person who has, you know, less education than that and be smart in this regard. We're just talking about how mm-hmm. folks who know the least about a particular thing tend to overestimate how much they know about it. Yeah. Right, we'll talk more about it in detail, but probably, you know, for, for headlines, et cetera, these studies came down to talking about dumb people don't know they're dumb kind of thing. And we're using that too. <laughs> anyway, before we do any of that dumb stuff, we're going to review current news stories related to 1980s media, including... Stranger mm-hmm. Things uh, is coming to a theater near you. I, I guess if you live in London. Uh, well, yeah, if you're in England. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, NBC has got a Hot Wheels makeover reality show that's going to require some really small paint. <laughs> and uh, there is a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coming to the screen that I'm excited about, yep. actually. I didn't know I was going right. to. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, all right. But before that, uh, two brief announcements. Hey, join us Wednesday, March 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be on Facebook streaming live. We're going to be recording the next episode of the podcast live on Facebook. And we're going to be talking about UFOs in the 1980s. There's all talk about UFOs uh, now, today, you know, and it seems like it's getting more intense and more real. We experienced that already in the 1980s, but we're going to be talking about that on the show and sharing your comments. So you commented during the live show and we'll share those, your thoughts and experiences (laughs) throughout the show. And another uh, announcement. Hey, keep an ear out for our special bonus exclusive interview. I notice every time we do one of those, I, I keep trying to remember what to call it. Even at the beginning of every one, I'm now, when we record yeah. them, 
it doesn't occur to me. Then I listen back and I'm like, I, we went through this already. <laughs> so I think we said exclusive interview. Exclusive interview. Yes. Okay. So keep an okay. ear out for our exclusive interview with comedian Alonzo Bowden. It's coming up uh, in a few days. Uh, Alonzo has this uh, great uh, stand-up special called Stupid Don't Get Tired. Mm-hmm. And um, look, when, when researching our episode that we're going to talk about later today, he what he says about it in his stand-up is... Uh-huh. Uh, simultaneously accurate and hilarious, right? Which I guess is the best, uh-huh. make up of the best comedy. Good humor. So yeah. we're going to get his uh, takes on some of the things that we're going to talk about today and more. So keep an ear out for that. Right. Okie doke. And that's all of that. All right. Hey, let's get caught up on 1980s. All right, here we go. Hey, as reported by Variety, Stranger Things stage play The First Shadow is set to open in London's West End this year. So Netflix announced that this stage play, which is a spinoff of the very popular series, which I, I enjoyed. In fact, I think the first, the fourth season, the, f- the last one that was out, not mm-hmm. the final one, because I know we've got another one coming, but uh, may yes. have been my favorite, I think, since the first. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me to judge season to season. I just love yeah. it all. I kind of remember two was, it was fine. Three was maybe better, but grosser. Yeah. And then <laughs> okay. four was- yeah. Took a little, took 45 minutes to get going, but then it was off. Well, I really like two. Two is the introduction of Max. So we got Sadie Sink in there, which yeah, is that's true. the introduction mm-hmm. of her. And yeah, I, I like it all across the board, which makes yeah. me just absolutely beside myself that the next thing that's possible to see in the mm-hmm. universe is uh-huh. in London on a stage that I'm not going to go to. Right. I'm like, okay, where's, so where's the novelization or where's the, you know, give me the Hamilton treatment of the stage show well, or something, you know? What does that mean? Make a musical out of it? No, just record it and then like put no. it on Disney plus so I can see it. Well, Netflix or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Because I never saw Hamilton live either because A, I don't live in New York and B, I'm not a millionaire because tickets are $8,000 a seat or something. But <laughs> yes. I saw it, I saw it on Disney and it was awesome. So yeah. I wish I could see mm-hmm. it somehow. Yeah. Well, it's it's tours, you know. It's probably come someplace near you. I would think. I would hope that it would come to America at some point. Hamilton? <laughs> oh. It's been here. No, it started here. Not Hamilton. Oh. I'm We're talking about, about the Stranger Things, things thing. Oh, oh, oh you guys got me so wrapped, so turned around. We, I jumped. I'm sorry. Okay. I jumped ahead. Yes. Yes. Well, hey, you know how it works. They they often workshop these things in different places, including the West End is a very popular place mm-hmm. to do that. And if it's yeah. a success, yeah. it will definitely come to America. In mm-hmm. fact, you know, Back to the Future, the musical was in the West End for quite a time. It got extended mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Well, it got delayed. But it's coming to uh, New York in uh, July. And I will be there. I think opening week it is, actually. And you're going. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So th- there's a very good chance this will come if it's a hit. Now, whether it's a hit or not, that's what I want to talk, can be a hit or not. That's what I want to talk to you guys about. Because yeah. this show, mentioning the fourth season, this show seems to be most directly connected to that, although it is a prequel. Um, Netflix right. describes it as a uh, quote, uh, Hawkins, 1959, a regular town with regular worries. Now here's, here's where we start to recognize some things, uh, familiar from the show. Young Jim Hopper's car won't start Bob <laughs> Newby's sister. So Bob Newby was the character played by uh, Sean Astin. His That's sister right. yeah, yeah. won't take his radio show seriously. And Joyce Maldonado just wants to graduate and get the hell out of town. <laughs> now, so far I'm interested. Because we, we've known from the watching the series, these characters knew each other, you mm-hmm. know, or knew of each other. They had a history of some sort. Yes. But this is where I get a little confused. When new student Henry Creel arrives, 
His family finds that a fresh start isn't so easy and the shadows of the past have a long reach. Uh So wait a second. Henry Creel is a character that popped up in the fourth season in two ways, mm-hmm. in flashback, and then I don't want to spoil anything, but he turns out to be a major character in the, in the, during the current season right. itself. That's right. But I don't recall these three characters that we mentioned talking about having a history or knowledge of him. Maybe I'm just not remembering. In other words, I feel like they're trying to monkey wrench, not monkey wrench, trying to, you mm-hmm. know, trying right. to crowbar these crowbar. characters yeah. together in a way that... Mm-hmm. You know, it's contrived. Seems contrived. I can't remember. Can you please tell me if, and at any point, do, do those characters that uh, you know, like Joyce and um, you know, when Hopper and do they ever know about Henry Creel? Like yeah. we we learn. Yeah, we learn. And but and and I guess L knows. But how? What's the exposition on that? Yeah. Was it ever like, oh, right, like Henry Creel did this? I just, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't. I didn't have time to either. rewatch it. I, I think yeah. they were familiar with the Creel house. Okay, but they mm-hmm. make it almost sound like he's, I don't know, going to be in school with them or something when the new student arrives. That is, that does sound like. Um, hmm. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I didn't know everybody in my high school well. There were people that I hung out with, and there yeah. were people that I never talked to. I knew where they lived. I knew where they were by reputation, but I didn't mm-hmm. spend time with them. So yeah. I don't think it's irrational that there are a group of people who were friends and stayed close, and then there are people on the fringe that happened to be around the same age, but they maybe weren't close. So okay. you mm-hmm. can explain it away, I think, without too much difficulty. It, it makes sense mm-hmm. to include those people in there because of their ages, and they would all fall in the same—it mm-hmm. would, would be around the town at the same time, so— Mm-hmm. You know. I think the thing that I get concerned about is them doing something that's, uh, you know, breaks the current plot as it exists with mm-hmm. in the season four. And mm-hmm. I think about it in terms of Star Wars, you know, we had Star Wars and it told us the first three that came out chronologically, that came out mm-hmm. chronologically in our lives, not in the story. Yep. Then yeah. when the yeah. prequels yeah. came out, all these questions were raised about, well, that this dialogue in episodes four, five, and six don't make sense anymore mm-hmm. because they created this backstory yeah. that, would have informed the characters in the films we saw in a different way. Or they seem strange that they ignore, like Ben Kenobi doesn't recognize R2-D2. I mean, right. he spent a lot of time <laughs> with the guy. So uh, that kind of stuff, like I, I wonder, are we going to get into a jam like that? It's a good point. You know, if we could avoid that, then fine. I'm curious. That's the problem with any prequel is, you know, when a franchise starts, you don't necessarily know that anybody is ever going to go back and dig up the past. So you kind of, you you might lay this intricate thing, not thinking, well, I should leave some, you think about the future. I'm going to, you know, leave some roads to explore, but you don't Mm -hmm. think about how the past is kind of tied up. You know, I think about, you know, Star Trek has done this all the time as well, where Mm -hmm. they'll, hey, let's go back and do Discovery. And Mm-hmm. And there were all these disconnects and how, how, how would that person not know this person? And how can we never heard of this? This is such a big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the tug of war between wanting to create compelling drama and wanting to satisfy the existing universe. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes you have mm-hmm. to bend the rules a little bit in order to keep everybody happy. As long as they could bend it without breaking it, I suppose. I mean, look, oh, the, the, yeah. the, the, yeah. uh, <laughs> the, the comforting thing I suppose is that, it was written by a Stranger Things writer and co-producer, mm-hmm. uh, co-executive mm-hmm. producer Kate Treffrey, Treffrey, from an original story by the Duffer Brothers, Jack Thorne and Kate uh, Treffrey herself. The end, the production will be helmed by a Tony winning director, Stephen Daldry. So look, you've got the right folks involved, so maybe it'll be 
could be fun. Mm-hmm. It's uh, tickets will be available or start going for sale this uh, spring. I'll have to go back to London. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's a trip. Maybe I'd make it for that cat. We'd be indoors. Oh. <laughs> wow. Right. Inside. There you go. I'm a, I, I want to know. Look, we know that there's so. Uh, an aspect of this is supernatural and, you know, mm-hmm. sci-fi, horror, these kinds of things. I love when they do stuff like that on stage, you know, where it's like seeing a play, yeah. but they use, and they use tricks of theater. Sometimes they hire, I think we've talked about this before, they hire illusionists to come up with ways that they can oh, do yeah? certain things on stage. Ooh. Like if you've seen Phantom of the Opera, some of the things that Phantom does, it's like, yeah. how did that happen? Like he disappears oh. in a chair and he's gone. They hire, yep. you know, they hire magicians to help develop these Stunts. I'll tell you, mm-hmm. I saw Beetlejuice on Broadway yep. and it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Oh, Same wow. kind of thing, the supernaturally, how did they do that? I mean, right. and they uh-huh. had the giant black and white striped Saiyan worm and everything in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it was phenomenal, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, as Hollywood reported by The Hollywood Reporter, NBC has ordered Hot Wheels, a car <laughs> makeover reality show. Now, I seem to remember that both of you were into Hot Wheels as kids. I absolutely was. Mm-hmm. I, I had one around here. Uh, <laughs> I think I brought it into school. I can't find it right now. But yeah. You, you I, mean to school like recently, it. not when you were a kid. Last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I brought it well, in. So what grade are you in now? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> not even Hot Wheels in particular. I mean, Hot Wheels, Matchbox, any mm-hmm. of those cars. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I purchased some yeah. recently. It just, it's almost like a pop vinyl for me. If they make a Hot Wheels or a Matchbox that's box car that that is related or supposed to be decorated the theme of something. Like I picked up some Rock'em Sock'em Robots cars the other day, just because. Oh my gosh. Just because, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had some I had some Matchbox cars and I I, I want to say, and this is going to sound terrible, but I think it's true. I think I threw them out recently, like well, within the last Oops. few years, because I had this purging in my basement where I was like, finally, like I need space and I could be mm-hmm. nostalgic about certain things, but not everything. And I think maybe my uh-huh. Matchbox cars were, you know, suffered the sort of the fate of being tossed out. Um, mm-hmm. But I had, I remember I had a Batmobile little matchbox car and a mm-hmm. hot, a bat, bat copter, a Joker mobile. One of my favorites was a lion a tamer's truck. And as you pushed it, the lion walked in a circle. And the, the little lion the spun around, yes. didn't it? Oh. Yes. Oh yeah, it was attached gosh. to the wheel. Oh, yeah. oh that's yeah. awesome. I remember having a Spider-Man helicopter, a thing that I had that too. Exist. That yeah, the yeah. web was the was the blades. It was a spider. It was web. the blade? Oh. Yeah, and it had the little like the the eight legs that. Yes, yeah, exactly. Oh, I wish. You know, maybe I still have them in the back here. I don't know. I did not have those. No. I, I still have this Matchbox little. What, what does it say? Now. I don't. Well, Matchbox. It says Matchbox. Oh, it says Matchbox. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know where the front is. <laughs> Could cars actually fit inside that trailer? Oh, a little teeny car. Okay, but not an actual. Oh, you know what could fit in here? Star Wars figure? (laughs) Hot dog? (laughs) Hot dog? John's eating hot dogs out of the back of a truck. (laughs) What? It would fit. (laughs) Do you remember these little teeny tiny ones? I love these. This is a like a micro machine or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Micro Mm -hmm. machine. Here, that that fits. There we go. Goes right in there. Yep. Very cool. (laughs) So yeah, that's obscene. Yeah. Hot Wheels certainly sparked our imaginations as as kids. And I think that's, you know, they're trying to leverage that that combination of nostalgia and interest in cars to come come out with this new show, Hot Wheels Ultimate Challenge. It's described as a car makeover Ah. series where fans will face off to transform an ordinary vehicle into a Hot Wheels showstopper inspired by personal stories and pop culture touchstones in a Mm high-tech decked out garage. John is shaking his head no. All right, another yeah. 1980s news. That shows this it feels cool. forced. Okay. Isn't this just, this is just a branded Pimp My Ride, pretty much, is what it sounds like. It, yes. It's taking a car, doing oh. something with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Hot Wheels, remember those? It's, 
Uh-huh. It's not like uh, like like the Lego uh, game show. Oh, yeah. At least that's that about is. building Lego. Yeah. But this, uh-huh. of course, is not going to be about you know, let's let's get our little paint brushes and paint our tiny cars. You know, it's not going to be doing. Yeah. They're going to do matchboxes or Hot Wheels or whatever they are. They're going to be doing big cars, which uh-huh. I think uh-huh. isn't in the spirit of collecting the little cars. I so. agree, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm willing to see what it is because. You're right. The first time I saw this headline, I thought this is going to be so cool. I just pictured dudes with magnifying glasses mm-hmm. and like little yeah. garages pimping out cars to do things. Uh-huh. That's right. The uh-huh. model making aspect of it was like really mm-hmm. exciting to me because I love seeing Imagine the limits, features. right? Like you have you X amount of, you can only weigh so much, or you can only use so many yeah. materials, all the things you could do. Yeah. But this mm-hmm. is just going to be doing real cars, which, yeah. And then you got to race them I'm on one even- of those slot tracks, you know, where you like. <laughs> do a loop, yeah. loop or yeah. something. I'll wait. Mm-hmm. If you say it's good because you're going to give it a chance, yes. I might try it. But otherwise, I'm not going to look at it. Well, the this thing for weird. me is I, I want to see, you know, they say it's going to be inspired by pop culture and these different things. Mm-hmm. How much of it is it going to seem like, like a matchbox car come to life? And I don't mean when you have a Porsche matchbox car because that's supposed to look like a Porsche. Well, you could just pull up in a Porsche. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the right. ones we're talking about, these niche ones. Are they going to make a spider mm. copter? I, I mm-hmm. look that interesting to me. If you could make, pull off that kind of thing, like we're mm-hmm. doing it in reverse, you take a matchbox car, and make a life size version of that. All right, maybe that's kind of cool. I'm not. I, I feel neutral about this. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it could be entertaining in some way, but I'm not super excited. Yeah. 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 We run the spectrum. Will's going to give it a shot. Cat's yeah. neutral. I think it's dumb. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's, that's probably going to be a flop. Then. <laughs> the 10 episode series will be hosted by someone I don't know. Rutledge Wood, who I guess hosted oh. Top Gear US, which is kind of lending credence with to what you're saying is, John. Rutledge Wood. Amazing. So you're having a real car guy host it. So I guess you're leaning towards yeah. the real car aspect of it and not the. Yeah. Hmm. Ah. He will also serve as one of the judges. So they're going to have a panel of uh, celebrity judges. Uh all of whom I've never heard of. In other 1980s yeah. news. <laughs> I mean, you have, and you have this statement from the uh, executive vice president of unscripted programming at NBC Universal, uh, which sounds like somebody, something a publicist probably actually wrote. Everyone remembers mm-hmm. their first car, the life experiences they had and the friends who came along for the ride. Hot Wheels is a legendary brand that has created a space for imaginations to run free. Again, John, mm-hmm. John this is everything you're saying. is big. Everyone remembers their first car. Why isn't everyone remembers their first Hot Wheel? Right. Yeah. Right. And then they tag on Hot Wheels as a legendary brand. Now look, now watch how we use it to do a car show. Yeah. I have this, uh, <laughs> this is not a Hot Wheels, but yeah. it's a little motorcycle. I think it was like, from, like chips. I like chips, you know. No. Does it have a, no. some sort of police? Yes. Insignia yeah, it's or something a police like? motorcycle. I mean, it looks really Where cool. Where does she yeah, get yeah. these wonderful toys? <laughs> <laughs> It looks super cool. I This is my favorite. I loved this. Well, you're a Poncher John fan. Which one did you write fan fiction? <laughs> oh, oh, I found Oof. my Duran Duran fan fiction. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I don't We're know getting if closer. I can We're getting closer. Just give it to me, Kat. I'll read it. Can we just do a dramatic reading of it on the show? 1984. <laughs> it's Simon wow. LeBond. <laughs> no, James LeBond. James LeBond. The wolf is getting hungry. And stepping out of the shower, also. <laughs> it shakes off like a dog. <laughs> I'm showered in droplets of sweet, sweet nectar. Is any of this part of your story? No. Oh. It can, no. can be. No, none of it. Yeah. Are you open to rewrites or spec scripts? That's right. We would read it verbatim. We wouldn't riff on it at all. Yeah, Kat. no. We could hire someone to read it. <laughs> Fiverr.com, just yeah, saying. Yeah. How sultry are we talking about here? Do I need to get one of these, uh, you know, podcasters um, who does this adult fan fiction, quote unquote? Uh, no. 
<laughs> no, no, it's it's fourteen year old. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> sultry. I'm, not getting, I'm not bringing a fourteen year old to do that. That is so damn weird. <laughs> no, no, that's weird. <laughs> oh, all right, moving I, on. I'm, just gonna move on. Yes. Let's just move on. Yep. Hey, and finally, <laughs> as reported by Entertainment Weekly, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles gets a Spider-Verse style makeover in Mutant mm-hmm. Mayhem. Right. Uh, so just as quickly as we learned who we're going to voice the new Teenage Mutant. Do you already have figures for the movie? Those look like kind of like the ones. These are from the 80s, man. Well, Cat's just bringing on a lot of toys that people can't see on our audio podcast. There's toys all around me. You should see this. That's yeah. very cool. Very cool. Looking in great shape. Um, so so we just found out who was going to voice the Teenage Mutant Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. a few days ago, and then I think it was within 24, 48 hours, the trailer dropped. Ah, oh, I didn't get to see and it. I've got to tell you, I don't know the name. I don't recognize, look, just like I was saying about uh, the folks hosting mm-hmm. that Matchbox car mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know any of these kids. Not the kids nope. playing the main uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja right. Turtles. And when right. I say kids, some of these are very, quite young mm-hmm. uh, actors, too. Um, Nicholas Cantu, Shimon Brown Jr., Mika Abbey. <laughs> Brady Noon? No, I'm sorry. I'm sure they're all talented. I just don't know. Uh, But among the actors that I do know that are providing providing voices, Jackie Chan will be playing Splinter. And I think that's awesome. I Mm -hmm. love that. Right? Yes, that's awesome. I saw what uh, Juan Carlos Esposito was on the list. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes. Um, Yeah, he's playing Baxter Stockman. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I think he's, I think in the comics or he he like mutates into a fly maybe or something like that. Oh, really? You know your turtles, I guess. Uh, Just maybe Mm. slightly more than you guys. Only slightly. (laughs) Uh, It wouldn't take much. So (laughs) Seth Rogen, who is also producing the film along with uh, Evan Mm -hmm. Goldberg. Well, Seth Rogen is voicing. Seth, yeah, he's providing a voice Mm -hmm. as well. He will be, Mm -hmm. he will be the new Bebop. (laughs) And John Cena will be rock steady. That's also awesome. Yeah. Among the other actors, other actors I recognize, Ice Cube's playing Superfly. Paul Rudd is playing Mondo Gecko. (laughs) Rose Byrne is playing Leatherhead. Anyway, what did you guys think? Did you take a look at the trailer? Yeah. The first thing I thought, as soon as I saw it, was Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of, uh, almost like zero motion blur sort of animation. Yeah. It's almost like Mm -hmm. a series of cartoon stills that just happen to be a few frames apart. Right. It's like a, like a, like a, like a penny arcade, like, like you're flipping mm-hmm. the pages of the penny arcade kind of thing, mm-hmm. which, which was done to really good effect. I thought in the Spider-Verse film slash films coming soon, I guess right. the subsequent yeah. one. So uh, I'm not a huge devotee of the turtles. Right. I, I enjoy them casually and you know, I watch the cartoon mm-hmm. a little bit, but uh-huh. this looks, the humor in this looks good. I mean, the, the final scene really where they're talking about whether it was goo or ooze and they think ooze just sounds better. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of thing the kids would do, right? They're like, no, no, it just sounds cooler, right? You know, it's yeah. just, just that kind of silly thing that they would have a debate about, I think, t- kind of informs the tone of this film. And mm-hmm. I'm, so I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Yeah, I didn't watch any of the CGI versions that we had. Well, they weren't CGI. They were live action uh, slash CGI. Sure. We had two films like that. Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen either of them. I didn't either, mm-hmm. no. But I love the mm-hmm. ones that came out in the, was it, early 90s, where, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where Henson's company made the animatronic heads. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. I love those films. As an adult, I was going to see them like on opening night. That's how much of a fan I was. Yeah. I had a Ninja Turtle watch, Donatello, flipped open oh. so I could uh, see the time. Yeah. Was it like his head and, that you flipped open? Like his face? Uh, yeah, it was a whole little whole little bit of his body. <laughs> the whole okay. like, um, Yeah, it just flipped open and then the digital readout was inside. Oh, no. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that'll tell you what my, what my knowledge is of the Turtles. Like, I don't know them by name. I know oh. there's the purple one. Yeah. There's the orange Donatello. one. There's the, there's Michael the one with Angelo. the stick. There's the one, with the, right? The wow. Cat <laughs> knows more than any of us. Yeah. Oh, so the, the, the most, 
what, what I thought was kind of meta in this trailer, though, is that one of the turtles accidentally gets a sigh stuck in his thigh, which right. rhymes, which is really cool, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is ironic really because they've it. never stabbed or hit anyone in the history of ever. <laughs> and then one of them gets stabbed, which is just yeah. like, it's only in like maybe an inch. It's just enough to sit there. And he's like, Oh my God, that's going to hurt kind of looking yeah. thing. But it <laughs> struck me as funny because like the A team where they have, you shoot a million bullets and nobody gets hit. Right. Right. And, Turtles, where nobody gets stabbed, the first person to get poked is going to be one of the turtles themselves by the, their friend, <laughs> Friendly Fire. I, I'm going to nerd out for a minute. Yeah, so, please John, do it. Donatello is the purple okay. one. Okay. Okay. He has, he has the, the stick, staff. right? Okay. Yes, I know that. He has the big stick. That's right. Leonardo is the blue one. Okay. What's he got? Katana. Okay. He's got the sword. Got Michelangelo it. is the orange one. And he has nunchucks. So there's a green one now? What's left? No. Well, they're all green, John. <laughs> well, I meant the, the, the mask. Yeah, of course. I know, I'm teasing you. And that's Raphael. Raphael's okay. red. Raphael. So it's good oh, red, red, for red, you. Red. Yep. And he has the side. The sides, yeah. He was my he has favorite. the side. Oh, I, I missed that, obviously. On the arcade, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja arcade game, uh, I like to play as Raphael and use the uh, side. Me too. Because he's got the range of the bow stick. It's awesome. Yes. Uh, no, no, the size. Talking about the size. No, no. no. who's that? Size. See, I don't know them. We just went through it five seconds <laughs> I ago. I didn't know there'd be a test. I like the purple one with the stick. Okay, that's who yes. I like. Donatello. That's Donatello. Sure. Okay. Right. Donatello. He's like the leader of the of the teenage. No, nope. Donatello is the technical geeky one, oh, okay. and he creates their mm. you know their ship or their okay. car or their armor tank or whatever. Leonardo is the leader. He's, he's the, the one. Leonardo okay. leader. Okay, John. Leader. Okay. There's, there's a, a mnemonic there. I can work with. Yes. Okay, that's fine. Raphael mm-hmm. is red. Ooh. He's okay. red and he has a little rage problem. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. And uh, Michelangelo, he's goofy. He's, he's just like, he's the surfer dude one. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, right. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. <laughs> so since you are yeah. a turtles expert, I'm going to ask you this. That's always puzzled me about the Ninja Turtles. Oh, mm-hmm. why do they wear masks? <laughs> it's not as if you're not going to recognize these mutated turtles. And do they have like they don't have a non superhero identity that they're out there? So why bother no, wearing a mask at amazing. all? I love that right? question. Just, just one of them is a no turtle, and he, he works it. at the insurance. <laughs> you know, now the insurance bureau. I, I can tell you the actual real reason. The why red one goes to DMV. <laughs> <laughs> the real reason is that when Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the '80s, originally uh-huh. they had no masks. But when you're reading a comic and you can't hear the voices, you can't tell them apart. Oh my gosh! So they added the masks right. so that they can just you could distinguish who it was. Brilliant. Uh-huh. But I, I have a problem with that. Oh, why? When they created them, they were in black and white. So how would having masks have helped? Was your answer? I guess we're done with the. You just news. shut me up. You know, you know, this plays perfectly into our topic because maybe I'm wrong, maybe John's wrong, maybe Cat doesn't know what she's talking about. Who knows? I don't know. There's very few things that I know what I'm talking. But about. But I will tell you, and this is this does play into what we're talking about. Is mm-hmm. when I just told you what I did, which I'm pretty sure that's right. Now John <laughs> threw me for a loop when he told me that black and white. So I was like, oh shit, you're right. They were in black and white. Mm-hmm. Maybe when they were black and white, they didn't have masks yet. Maybe so. Hey, uh, Jeff Rowe, we'll find out. Let's find out. We'll find out. Let's find out. Jeff Rowe directs the film, which is co-directed by Kyle Spears, and it comes out in theaters August 4th. And I will will go check it out. I'm definitely curious. 
I mm-hmm. definitely want to see it. The yep. animation, animation style for me that John pointed out mm-hmm. was a big selling point. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it looks, it looks very much like that, but almost more three dimensional. Like it's almost like models yes. that are being animated versus mm-hmm. just more, definitely some paper. more depth, more shading kind of. Yeah. yeah I agree. Seemed pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, that was 1980s news and I'm going to play it again. There you go. <laughs> Count yourself this lucky. Time. Also known as the John <laughs> shut up music. <laughs> Hey, our independent podcast is brought to you every week by folks just like you. So if you'd like to help us out, please follow us on the podcast platform you're listening to right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share an episode on Facebook. All of these actions just take a moment and are 100% free. But if you'd like to chuck in a buck and help us keep publishing the show week after week, please visit us at 1980snow.com slash support to find out how you can send us a dollar or two. And thank you so much. It means a lot. So we're going to talk about this, uh, you know, what I mentioned earlier. We're going we're gonna to debunk a few myth, myths that we learned in high school that we were sure were correct. Oh. That were bunked and we're going to debunk them. Yes, Ooh. we were bunked. <laughs> uh, but, you Are know, you sure we can bunk on a podcast? Is that allowed? They can't see us. Okay. All yeah. right, you're right. Can I try to make like a, like a innuendo? Like I a, think I was. <laughs> just like, is this what it feels like? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's, it's a new feeling. Did I do dirty right? <laughs> when you hear it back, you'll know, Cat. You'll, you'll find out. I'll let you decide. It just sounded kind of, um, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now I got to say, so we're going to be talking about these debunking these myths. And along the way, I told you, we're going to also touch base on uh, this concept of dumb people not knowing they're dumb. And it may be you. But first. All right. So here, look, okay. I've got to make this sound like a smart thing, because this is the thing. I might be the dumb one. <laughs> I might be the dumb one. Was he waiting for someone to correct him? I don't know what happened there. He's waiting. Okay. No, Will, it's not you. No, Will. No. I might be the dumb one. So to sound smart, I'm going to start off with a couple of quotes, okay? In, in 399 BC, Socrates was said, was, was a said... To, I might be the dumb one. Socrates was said that he was talking (laughs) words, talking words. I'm just thinking about when like we're like talking all the time and then when Will is expecting us to jump in, perfectly silent. Nobody's going to stop me. Correct me. Jump in anytime. You wanted a podcast, didn't you, Will? (laughs) So talk. (laughs) You say you're dumb one, then you're the dumb one. You told us to never correct you. So, yeah. According to Plato, <laughs> and there's some dispute about all this, but uh, Socrates was uh-huh. said to have, and par- I'll paraphrase it here, when he was okay. he was commenting on whether or not uh, uh, he was talking about the intelligence of folks who proclaim themselves to be wise, politicians, mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. people that mm-hmm. were seeing their authorities. Okay. Socrates said, mm-hmm. quote, I am better off, I'm saying quote, but I just told you that he, he might not have really said it, and they're paraphrasing it, and there's a lot of different translations. <laughs> I am better uh-huh. off than he is, for he knows nothing and thinks he knows. Mm. I neither know nor think I know. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this is uh, mm-hmm. shortened to say that uh, Socrates said, I, the only thing I do know is that I know nothing. Mm-hmm. No, he may not have said any of that. And Socrates, mm. a couple of times, at least in some of these books that Plato wrote, clearly said he knew things. He must have thought he knew something. Anyway, 
some right. attribute to 20th century philosopher Bertrand Russell as having said, quote, the whole problem with the world is that fools and fanatics are always so certain of themselves mm-hmm. and the wiser people so full of doubts. Mm. Mm. And in 1984, philosopher George Allen O'Dowd, you know him, said, quote, war is stupid and people are stupid mm. and love means nothing in some strange quarters. Wow. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. <laughs> Culture club. So, in rec- rec- <laughs> oh, you know that, that was- philosopher? George <laughs> Allen O'Dowd? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I actually didn't know his full name. So you know, this for me, this all started. Even want to talk about this. It, it goes back to the, the the times that we've reported on the show. Talked about something that was born out of one of these quote unquote uh, sources of uh, pop culture news that mm-hmm. drive me crazy. You know this. Mm-hmm. We've see. You know, we hear a lot of talk about how there's you know fake news, and we have friends and family who propagate this stuff on social media and at the Thanksgiving mm-hmm. table. Well. We don't have to get political to, to be concerned about this because it touches the things, you know, the movies, the music, the television shows, the artists that we love. Because there's mm-hmm. plenty of these, you know, sources that say they have, quote unquote, exclusive stories and, quote, uh, unnamed, reliable sources to try to feign <laughs> credibility. And oftentimes they're quoting one another to try to create this sort of, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. what, I think, John, what did you call it, John? Circle of shit or something. Oh. I don't remember what you, there's something more poetic than that. <laughs> um, is it the snake eating its tail? The, oral... the Cerebrus is the snake eating his tail thing. Okay. Ouroboros or the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Aurora Borealis. That is not what John said. It was something with <laughs> shit. I know that for sure. Yeah. I, I, anyway, no. whatever. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but I, so I, I was thinking about, you know, the, and, and part of the challenge with these things is because they have these audiences that don't know better. But how can they know better? Because they're relying on these sources, right? Mm-hmm. And so just Googling even that idea, I came up, I, I found quick, very quickly that there's this, this concept that dumb people don't know they're dumb. Uh, <laughs> but I want to tell you before that, that was even more alarming and that compounds this is what's happening with the IQ of our society. Uh-oh. So uh, mm. in 1984, mm. taking this back to the 1980s, in 1984, political mm-hmm. scientist James Flynn discovered that the intelligence values, values measured, so IQ quotients, you know, IQ, intelligence quotients, in any, no matter where you measured it around the world, they had been mm-hmm. rising continuously since the beginning of the 20th century. Oh, this came to okay. be known as the Flynn effect. Uh, and it raised, the intelligence uh, raised about three IQ points per decade. Mm. Uh, and folks then attributed this uh, this to better nutrition, medical care, and more access to education. Yeah. But shortly after the turn of the millennium, oh boy. Uh, Norwegian mm. st- statisticians discovered that the Flint effect was no longer working. On the contrary, some countries have recorded declining IQs scores since then. Uh-oh. Everyone is getting dumber. I don't know that we can be getting dumber necessarily because, you know, we're of a certain age. Mm-hmm. But as each generation subsequently is born, they are significantly, have significantly lower intelligence scores. Wow. The good news for Gen Xers is in a 2018 study uh, that examined the IQ scores of men, it doesn't mention women, but we could, you know, probably say it's, it would be similar. Men born between 1962 and 1991. The researchers mm-hmm. found that the scores 
increased for men born between 62 and 75. Yay, that's me. Safe. (laughs) But they began decreasing for men born after 1975. But scientists can't figure out why this is the case. They have a bunch of theories as to why we're getting dumber. They ruled out genetics, though, because you might think automatically, well, a smart family begets smart children. But they found mm-hmm. that two brothers within the same family, depending on their age, would have, could have significantly different, different IQs, with, again, the older brother being, quote unquote, smarter than the, the newer, the younger kid. It really feels to me, you say the turn of the century is when the things kind of turn. And this is, this is going to sound like an ignorant knee-jerk reaction because you go, well, that damn internet did it, you know? But Ooh, okay. when you peel back the layers of the internet, it's not, it's not that the internet is to blame. It's people's behaviors on the internet okay. because they are now able, it used to be if you had an opinion, you had to walk outside and talk to other people that might not necessarily share your opinion. And you tempered that opinion, right? Yeah. You, you either, it got stronger or weaker as you talk to people, you know, downtown or at the corner store or over the water cooler. Mm-hmm. And since you can go to the internet and search for people that already agree with you, right. there's an echo effect that you were talking about, the, the echo uh-huh. chamber, your ideas don't get tempered. They only get reinforced. And if you see something you don't like, you can click away from it and not deal with it. Right. And true. so you stop being yep. informed. It's mm-hmm. funny you bring that up, John. I did something yesterday, which I don't normally do, which was to share something that had uh, a controversial um, mm-hmm. feel to it on Facebook. Yep. And this morning, I think I regret it and I'm scared to go on Facebook oh, ever again. No. <laughs> Are you in Facebook I, jail? Are you Q? <laughs> <laughs> but I... um. It, it, there were two comments that I saw this morning before I went to work, which I was like, oh, that's right. There's people Uh-oh. that I have as friends on Facebook who aren't going to agree with me on this, which is fine. And then yeah. I got a text message from my husband saying, wow, you stepped in a hornet's nest. <laughs> and I'm really scared <laughs> to go see what's going oh, on. You haven't seen oh. it yet. No, I haven't looked yet. But I don't have all of the same type of friends on Facebook. It, mm-hmm. You know, there's people speaking mm-hmm. up and and sharing their opinion. And then that's great. I know people have different opinions, <laughs> but it is too easy. I could be like, oh, I'm not going to be their friend anymore. And I'm going to not listen to them, but you I don't want to do could. that. It's easy to do. Yeah, I yeah. could. Yeah, I could. And, but I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to, to have a uh, variety of uh, exposures to different ideas. <laughs> and I, I would agree with Kat. I do. And you know, I'm, I'm not holier than thou. I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone else, but mm-hmm. yeah. I'll often... <laughs> I have, I went down to the Daytona flea market a couple of weekends ago and- uh-huh. Sounds like the beginning of a country song. He does. The people, <laughs> or maybe a blues song. Bum, 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 bum. Went down to the Daytona flea market. Don't go, no, don't go. To find a Donkey Kong jig bus on puzzle. I'm playing the music now. I got the Donkey Kong jigsaw puzzle was missing one piece blues. <laughs> but I passed up on the trucker vinyl. <laughs> Go ahead. The people at the Daytona flea market are generally, collectively, and on average opposed to my political viewpoint. Okay. Ah, which is fine. Okay. Which is fine. And I was there with a friend, but I wasn't angry and I wasn't offended. Mm-hmm. I was more like, I want to understand why that person thinks that is okay Mm -hmm. and stands there in front of it selling it. Like, Mm -hmm. I would like to understand how they got to that point that they think that's okay. They think that's cool. You know why? 
it's, you know, it wasn't like, I hate you. I think you're a bad person. I'm like, he, that person clearly got to that place through a series of decisions. Right. Mm -hmm. I would love to know where they went wrong. Of course, in my opinion, right? Where they went wrong, but (laughs) they're not doing something they think is stupid, right? They think they're doing the right Right. thing. Yeah. How did you get there? It's Mm -hmm. almost like you think about Thanos and the Avengers. He didn't think he was doing bad. Right. Right. He, He had the right, he, in his mind, he was the hero. You know, and I think yes. that those people who I disagree with, I'm like, they think they're so right. I would love to understand it. I, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's going to change my opinion, yeah. right. but I like yeah. to have my opinions tempered by others' opinions just to see if they hold mm-hmm. up or not. Absolutely. What you both are Absolutely. describing is an aspect that some of that these, you know, scientists, psychologists, sociologists would say is you have an intellectual curiosity, which is a, mm-hmm. an aspect mm-hmm. of someone who is, you know, for lack of a better word, Smart because compared to what we're talking about, dumb folks who are mm-hmm. want who close off because they to other opinions mm-hmm. because they don't believe they there's something that they don't know. Right. They think they already have all the information right. and they've uh-huh. now they've concluded their opinion. Yeah. The stupidest yes. thing anyone yeah. can say to me is to start a, a phrase with, I don't care what anybody says, but <laughs> <laughs> you've just told me that you're not open to additional input. Right. You're finished. Mm-hmm. You, your mm-hmm. mind is closed. And yep. and anything they say yep. after that is just. John, what you alluded to initially, right with the internet and both touched upon is definitely one of the things that scientists suspect may be making us dumber. Changes in the media landscape, digitization of media, increased screen time. The access provided by smartphones has affected our ability to concentrate. You don't have to concentrate or focus or have certain mental skills anymore because you can rely on your smartphone to do these things. Like I was just Googling, why do Ninja Turtles wear masks? See, yes. Like five minutes ago. Take back what I said about you being a smart person. No, but you are curious though. So When you grew up, it was okay to not know something for a while. Yes. You could sit and go, oh, who was that guy in that movie? And instead of grabbing IMDb, you just had to, I don't know. Well, yeah. I'll, 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 yeah. maybe we'll figure it out tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Is this getting too boring already? Because I was talking. One of the, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Oh, no. It was a while before I heard myself again. <laughs> no. <laughs> one of the things that I, one of the things that I wanted to do today is spend some time debunking things that were, we were bunked with in, in the 1980s as kids. <laughs> and uh, I want to say, I was bunked we, as a child. we were too dumb to know. We didn't know. Uh-huh. Maybe to be fair, we were kids and young and we yeah. relied on other people in a way that um, mm-hmm. folks that we should have been able to trust. Uh-huh. But maybe they didn't know better either. <laughs> so what, what I want to share with you guys is some of these things, just be, you know, you tell me whether or not you heard these things, believed mm-hmm. these things when mm-hmm. you were younger too, that turn out they're not true in what okay. we call. Well, that's what I heard. All right. So here is the first one. <laughs> You'll get cancer if you stand too close to the microwave. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, I remember something like yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're hearing mm-hmm. something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I think, I think when I was a kid, we had one of the under counter microwaves yeah. or under cabinet, yeah. so it yeah. was head level. Oh, so it was always don't <laughs> stand near it while the popcorn is on. The radiation. <laughs> you had to leave the room and listen to the space, <laughs> the space between the pops. So is that not true now? No, it turns out that the uh, radiation <laughs> exists on a spectrum, and mm. the radio frequency radiation used by by the microwaves is low energy and not harmful. Okay. There you go. There's no evidence that it poses a risk. And I always thought the little screen on the front with the little holes on it, you know, behind the glass mm. was a Faraday shield. Protective. Yeah. Oh. I thought it was a, Far- you know, a Faraday shield. They use those in all those sci-fi movies, yep. John. Yeah, you know yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here's another one. If you shave your hair, it'll grow back thicker. Hmm. 
Yes. Never heard I didn't that hear one. That one. No, I have you heard that, that one? I didn't. Mm-hmm. Show okay. me your legs, John. Uh, <laughs> no, I, yeah. When I was a kid, I thought that uh, was true too. I remember having a fine hair and mustache, even, and now look what I have. I mean, where that how that happened? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, according to Gillette Venus, uh-huh. a razor cleanly cuts the hair, which results in blunt ends. And once the hair grows back, it might feel thicker because of the mm-hmm. bluntness. I don't know about this. This one mm-hmm. visually, I've seen fine hair that gets shaved, and then you see thicker hair. So, what does that mean? I don't know. Right, yeah. But uh, in addition, according to this uh, biologist, Kurt Sten, who uh, studied hair for more than 30 years Mm -hmm. and wrote the book Hair, A Human History, and I've never heard (laughs) a sadder story than that one. (laughs) What a riveting career. Right. (laughs) What do you do? Hair. Imagine this guy coming up on a dating app. Can I look at your hair? (laughs) You can only taste certain things on certain parts of your tongue. Absolutely. I remember... Hearing that or learning false. that. False. It is false. And I'm convinced wow. it's true. Really? <laughs> and I know it's true. I, I am convinced it's true, but not because I believe it from empirical analysis. Like mm-hmm. I've taken salt and put it on a part of my tongue. Oh. Maybe that part is just dead from too much salt. I don't oh. know what the problem was. <laughs> oh. But like I can yeah. only taste certain, like remember, salty for, for sure. As kids, it was either in a, it must have been in a book because we didn't have the internet. There was a, a, no. a diagram of the tongue. Yes. It showed salty on exactly. the sides. It had the regions. The yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. It, it looked like you were like you're carving up a cow. It had those little dotted lines. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the flank steak part of your tongue. Here's the rim, <laughs> rump roast, right? It turns out it's wrong. That wow. there's actually receptors, taste receptors all over your tongue and they all pick up all the tastes. Mm. It's true that some are certain, are recept- slightly more receptive to other t- tastes than other, but it's mm. so insignificant mm. as to not really make a difference. Subtle. Okay. But it's like the perception of color. No one can know what I taste but me. So yep. maybe for oh. me, there are regions that work and for others, there <laughs> maybe, aren't, Maybe, right? but all, is it because you were told that and it's one of those psychological phenomena you were so but I've te- sort of- Right, but I've tested it, but maybe I, but my tested- brain believes it's working. You tested it only because <laughs> someone told you. Otherwise, what would you be testing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, John, yeah. is that is that your tongue that was used as the model for the picture of the diagram? <laughs> yeah, my tongue has those it's dashed lines on it. I have them tattooed. It? Right. Huh. All right. Uh, <laughs> Convicted witches in the United States were burned at the stake. Oh. Um, in Salem, Massachusetts? Yes. Or in the Salem Witch Trials? It's not true. Nope. It, really? Nope. I know that they were crushed and they were drowned. There you go. Mm-hmm. And I always yeah, believe that they were burned okay. at the stake. But. They were mm-hmm. mostly hung. There was only mm-hmm. one documented exception and someone was crushed under stones. Oh. Yeah. Predominantly the guys. Yes. They were oh. well hung. Well, gu- <laughs> oh, <laughs> Giles Corey was passed, was pressed under large stones. Wow. Yep. Otherwise, mm. uh, they were all hung. All right. How many planets were we taught there were? Nine. Nine. How many planets are there? Well, nine. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> poor Pluto. Hmm. Now, apparently, there's eight. Yeah, poor Pluto. <laughs> well, I would say this if you're going to include Pluto, mm-hmm. it's an exoplanet. There are more exoplanets available. Oh. I know. There you go. I was going to say we actually Mm -hmm. have 10. If you're going to include Pluto, you have to say we have 10. Oh. Because you're right. We're beyond Pluto. We were taught that Pluto was a planet, and Uh since they've now downgraded it to a dwarf planet. Mm -hmm. But in 2005, they discovered another dwarf planet, Eris. Oh. E-R-I-S. Another really big space rock that orbits our sun. It's actually 27% larger than Pluto. Wow. So if you're going to count Pluto, you got to count Eris. When I was in Cub Scouts and learning yeah. about the planets, right. 
we 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 made T-shirts and Cub Scouts from a template that said symbols of the planets, oh. and it's you know how the different planets have the little emblems. They look like hieroglyphs oh, that yes. represent the different planets. Yeah, and I loved that shirt. It was a yellow shirt with blue. We had the 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 ink that was it like a like puffy ink that we drew on the shirts with. Mm-hmm. I loved it. However, it wasn't until probably a few weeks after I was wearing my shirt around that I realized I left. I left the E off of it. So it was symbols of the plants. <laughs> and so that shirt then had a little tiny E drawn yeah. under the edge of the T that looked really dumb, but I still love that shirt. Did you yeah. make a little carrot, you know, the little triangle? Yeah. No, I just drew a tiny E. It was a little bitty yeah. one. Tiny yeah. E. Symbols oh, of the plants. That's adorable. Well, talking about doing something dumb, I'm kidding. <laughs> this other phenomenon that I wanted to talk to you about, and I, you know, the other one was just an aside and it was 50 minutes of the show, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, look, if I were smarter, I would have planned better, but I'm not. So nice. there's this, the real phenomenon or the, the, the main phenomenon that I wanted to touch on was again, this idea that dumb people don't know they're dumb. And mm-hmm. how do we know this? Well, we had some scientists actually study it. Although I think we pretty we probably knew this way before this study was concluded, but this is a okay. fascinating little what what led them to study it, I think it's fascinating. Uh-huh. Uh, at five foot six and 270 pounds, this bank robber was impossible to miss on April 19th, 1995. He hit uh-huh. two Pittsburgh banks in broad daylight. This could be a true crime. Oh, this is one yes. of the ones, this is what I was thinking. Maybe we should just do these stories. That's the whole <laughs> new podcast. Security cameras picked up good images of his face. He wore no mask. Oh, unlike the Ninja oh. Turtles. And showed no him- Unlike the Turtles. Right? And yeah. sh- he was in black and white. And showed <laughs> him holding a gun to the teller. Uh-huh. Police made mm-hmm. sure the footage was broadcast on the 11 o'clock news and a tip came in within minutes. And just after midnight, they knocked on his door. Identified oh. as MacArthur Wheeler, he was incredulous, saying, but I wore the juice. The what? what? The, the juice. juice? How do you wear juice? <laughs> that sounds sticky. <laughs> Wheeler told police he had rubbed lemon juice on his face to make himself invisible to the security cameras. No. Well, now it's, he knows he's stupid. No. Detectives concluded he was not delusional and not on drugs, just incredibly mistaken. <laughs> he had learned, like we did as kids, that you could use lemon juice as invisible ink. <gasps> Logically, then, he believed that the juice would make his face invisible to cameras. I'm sorry. Logically? This is, yeah. Again, you said, John, what do, to him, it was, you know, he tested it out. You wanted to know how did people get to that point, right? He he tested it it out. out. Before the heist, he put the juice on his face and snapped Mm. a selfie with a Polaroid camera. And he said there was no face in the photo. Um, Although police never figured out that part of it. (laughs) <laughs> but most likely if he was a bad bank robber, he was probably a terrible photographer too. I was going to say. He was using the selfie? forward camera. <laughs> yes. Well, he a used the Polaroid. A Polaroid. So. Oh, it was a Polaroid. Yeah. So Maybe he didn't wow. shake it. Maybe he didn't shake this it. This is a bad aim. Maybe he didn't shake it or it was aimed over his head. <laughs> but Wheeler reported one problem with the scheme. The lemon juice stung his eyes so badly he could barely see. Anyway, so this Cornell professor, oh. uh, D- David Dunning, uh, heard of this story and thought, you know, this is this. There may be some universal aspect to this one bank robber's uh, dim-witted tale. And he worked mm-hmm. with a graduate student, uh, Justin Kruger, conducted a series of experiments that concluded: if you're just dumb enough, 
you don't know how dumb you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a known as uh, now it's known as the Dunning-Kruger effect. Okay. And the mm-hmm. idea is, you know, the less skill you have at something, the more you will mm-hmm. overestimate yep. your skill at something. And the, the other <laughs> facet of that that I find really intriguing is, 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 is the flip side of it, which is if you are actually incredibly competent in something to the mm-hmm. point that you are, mm-hmm. it's effortless to you. Mm-hmm. you devalue that skill because you think, oh, that must be easy for everyone because it's easy for me. Right. And you have no idea that you're good at it. Yes, mm. you're right, okay. John. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I have a concrete example for myself. Yeah. This oh. is not be, me bragging. Mm-hmm. This uh-huh. is, and, but I, I realized this myself maybe yeah. a few years ago when uh, my qu- company would often make you take these tests to identify phishing and spam emails. Oh yeah, we do that too. <laughs> Okay. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Like the emails you look and you're like, oh, look at the URL. Oh, look at this misspelling. Look at the mm-hmm. wrong logo. Look at the transparency on this GIF or whatever. It's just, as you go through it, it's like, obviously these are spam. Mm-hmm. But then I realized, and then I find out how many people flunked the test. Oh, I had to take it again. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? How could you not? So wow. that's sort of like, I yeah, must be yeah. really good at spotting fake spam. <laughs> to the point that I think it's ridiculous mm-hmm. only to find out that uh-huh. a good portion of my peers are horrible at it. So uh-huh. maybe I'm uh-huh. really good at that and didn't know it. So. And, yeah. and you wouldn't necessarily have been thinking to yourself, I'm really good at this. Right. I'm like, <laughs> I don't have a t-shirt that says spam master. Like I'm not I'm like bragging about it. I didn't think it was a skill, you know? <laughs> T-shirt, spam master. It's got to have a can right. of spam on it, though. <laughs> it does have a can of spam. <laughs> John's just noshing down on a can of spam. Like a raw parrot, delicious. You're doing a great job! <laughs> uh, you know, you, you remind me, though, I don't remember if it was the uh, the Dunning-Kruger guys or this Benjamin Lyons guy, but they test, tested people in a number of different ways, and they found, mm-hmm. yeah, the people with the lowest scores believe they did had the highest scores or did better than the, mm-hmm. they were in the top two thirds. Uh-huh. And the people with the highest scores thought they did less well than they actually did. You doubt yourself because you yeah. like to challenge your beliefs mm-hmm. and okay. your competencies. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah. thinking about, you know, if there was a quiz for we could take to see if we're dumb or not. Mm-hmm. So Dunning cautions people, you know, going back to this professor Dunning, he cautions people that one of the mistakes people often make the conclusion they draw from this mm-hmm. is that they think it applies to other people. Okay. When the point of this was, is that you've got to, Consider yourself. <laughs> right. Okay. But here's the thing. <laughs> Dumb people would never take the quiz. Not, I don't got to take the quiz. Well, I know I'm smart. I don't need that. That's the problem. <laughs> well, it's yeah. almost if you're, are you willing to take a quiz to see if you're dumb? Certainly. Okay, you don't have to take it. You're smart. But like well, it, the fact that you're willing to do yes. it is almost an indicator that you're not in that other yeah. cohort. It bodes yeah. well. And, and there's no quiz. But yes, but the I want a quiz. Yes, I like tests. <laughs> Maybe it's as simple as that. Just asking, asking, am I an intellectually curious person? Do I really want to know what other people have to say? Is there any more for mm-hmm. me to learn? Mm-hmm. If you feel really sure and confident about your, you know, positions and your knowledge, you're probably dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and if you feel like there's still a little more room to grow, mm-hmm. sincerely though, right? Because mm-hmm. you right. just see some dumb, dumb, arrogant guy being like, no, no, yeah, there's always more for me to know. And then you talk to me like, this dude thinks he knows everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think, well, I guess this is pretty good for me then yeah. that I'm not dumb because I always assume that someone else. No, oh, thanks, John. <laughs> I always assume that someone else knows more than I do or is more mm-hmm. skilled at something exactly. yes. or has more expertise and I'm mm-hmm. just, you know, 
trying to And it's because you undervalue your own competency because mm-hmm. the things you're competent at mm-hmm. are easy for you because you're competent, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you don't think mm-hmm. so. You just think, mm-hmm. oh, that's a trivial skill. Sure. Everybody can do, you know, quantum mechanics. It's not a big deal. <laughs> it comes naturally. I was going to say make really good chocolate chip cookies, but okay. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> yeah. Same well, thing. Yeah, that, that is pretty quantum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the opposite of being competent at something, let's do our final round of... Well, that's what I heard. Okay, so here's another one. You can't start a sentence with a conjunction. Oh, I... I mean, you can. Yeah, you can. You sure can. Right, like I learned, yes, I was taught that you couldn't. And then I think I was actually... um, I was editing something Will wrote because he kept using and, but now I find myself using and all the time. What, starting off something with and? Yeah, I've been Mm -hmm. in the the blogs. I've been anding a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You remember this one? Deoxygenated blood is blue. Mm. I mean, I can see it. When you see it in your arm, you can see it in the veins there, it's blue. Then when it hits the air, it turns red. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's also a myth. Oh. Really, what you're seeing is the color of your veins. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Blood's, blood's red. It's always red. So it's always red. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe lighter or darker, depending on how much how much mm-hmm. oxygen it has in it. But other than that, it's always red. Or Funyuns. Yeah. <laughs> what? You, you know, Funyuns will change the color of your blood. Yeah. It's slightly yellower. Is it, mm-hmm. what? You can have orange blood. It's cool. <laughs> and the show about being dumb and fake news, John is... Is this some kind of urban legend that that John is creating right now, live in front of us? Yes. Right now. (laughs) Which Uh, part of your tongue do you taste the Funyuns with, John? (laughs) Point to the part of your tongue. The Funyuns (laughs) Funyuns are umami. Mm. Oh, (laughs) right. I've heard that. I see cats reaching for a phone again. No, I'm reaching for my brain. Let's, let's let's open the Ninja Turtles mask color tab. It's now open a new tab for Funyuns. Yeah. <laughs> um, humans only use 10% of their brains. I remember that oh, one. Yeah. I remember yeah. hearing that too. I liked living in a world where that was supposed to be true because it meant there was so much more potential for the human race. And I was mm. depressed to learn. Mm. That now we're using it all. We're just stupid. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> perspective. Yeah. It turns out we're virtually we, we we're we're using virtually every part of our brain. Oh yeah, and in it's fact, depressing. it's active almost all of the time, according mm. to a Barry Gordon, a neuro, neurologist at St. John's. Well, wow. for some people, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, "Let's put it this way: the brain represents three percent of the body's weight and uses twenty percent of the body's energy. <laughs> it's like America." <laughs> like the world's right. energy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Bats are blind. Of course. I, I always thought I've that. Heard that? Yeah, yes. it's false. In fact, it turns out that uh, bats have eyesight that's better than most of us. Really? Really? It's just that they're often in the dark, so they mm-hmm. devised other methods when their eyesight doesn't help them. Maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. In addition to their normal sense of sight, they use echolocation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, I would Squawk. think you'd need more than just sound to catch a mosquito. <laughs> I would think sight might help a little bit. Right. Yeah, they're not, they're not, maybe they're notoriously not quiet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, camels store water in their humps. I remember at some yeah. point yeah, being yeah. told that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at some my point hump, I learned my hump, my hump. it was not true. What is nope. there? Do you know? 
Yeah, regardless of the quantity, because some camels have one and some have two, it actually <laughs> stores fat, which is used as mm-hmm. a food substitute when camels are traveling long distances with limited resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very gristly, too. Ugh. Are you going to eat camels now? With Funyuns. <laughs> raw camel. There's going to be a raw animal eaten in every episode. Forget the parrots. <laughs> John's moving on to camels. On to camels. All right, there you go. That's enough of that. Hey, and we like asked it. you on mm-hmm. Facebook, or on our social medias, all the accounts, to mm-hmm. tell us anything that you recall having learned when you were young that turned out not to be true. And Brad Ooh. wrote, as a former member of the Kiss Army, I later learned in life that Gene Simmons' tongue wasn't actually grafted from a cow doing oh. an emergency <laughs> surgery. Oh. <laughs> I'm picturing John's tongue map. Oh, yes. uh, Dana Scully isn't a real redhead. I'll get over it. Yeah, that is kind yeah. of heartbreaking. And one can, can't truly settle disputes without a breakdancing showdown i disagree brad that's not true that's true uh andrew writes that walt disney was frozen in cryogenics yeah did that's not that true we don't know that's not true yeah until proven otherwise i'm gonna believe it i just heard his head was at the top of cinderella's castle on ice oh well that yeah that might be a little too specific martin writes we live in a democracy and not an oligarchy (laughs) (laughs) ow and then questions whether that's too deep Mm. And uh, David Weiner of, uh, he's, he's the fantastic director of the In Search of documentaries, In Search of uh, Darkness, In Search of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. He just uh, attached a, a, a gif or gif, that shows you how dumb I am, of Santa Claus. <laughs> and I'm not sure why he attached that when I was asking what's something you thought was true that turned out not to be true. Santa Claus? Yeah, it seems random. Makes no sense. Put a Santa Claus. I don't know why he would do that. But it has well, something to do with his reindeer. It's whether he has eight or nine reindeer. Oh, because they always okay. omit Rudolph. There you go. Whether yeah. Rudolph, yes. Ah. Yeah. Because a glowing nose reindeer, right. kind of sketchy. There Makes you sense. go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Hey, that's the show. I'm going to conclude that the three of us are smart. And I know that to be Oh, wait. Now maybe I'm dumb because I'm Uh-oh. so certain. Oh, wait. Oh. You can say we're smart certain. as long as you're not certain we're smart and you're willing to accept um, evidence that might prove otherwise. Mm, yeah, don't Pretty get too sure overconfident. Pretty sure we're smart. Pretty sure we're it's smart. like we're like Schrodinger's idiots. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to know. Do not open that box. No. It'll be heart crushing. I'm fairly crushing, certain we're somewhat intelligent. <laughs> but you right. can't be certain or we're dumb. Cat, you're wrecking it. <laughs> I, I'm fairly, just fairly. I'm not totally yeah. certain. But I know who is super smart. Yes. Yeah, so I'm yeah. very, very certain that. All the folks that help bring our show to you every week are super duper intelligent. Uh, of course. For example, mm-hmm. yeah. there's our early adopters like mm-hmm. Kathy Burke, Rick Parker, and mm-hmm. Karen Flieger. So, yep. so smart. And then there's our secret of our success level Patreon supporters, John Henderson, Craig Coletta, mm-hmm. Marcus yep. Taylor, and Tony Great. Great. <laughs> They're all demonstrating their high IQ. And impeccable taste in podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. And joining Mm -hmm. them, I'm very excited to announce that we've got three new Patreon supporters, including uh, one, the first one, who would rather remain anonymous, but I can assure you has been very active in the Facebook, on the Facebook page with their comments and has also emailed us directly some suggestions for different oh, episodes. Wow. Some of which I'm still working on. I want to get them right before we actually uh, get them out there. And in addition to that, we're also joined by Jillian Perry. Along with her contribution, Jillian writes, it is my pleasure to support such a totally awesome podcast like 1980s. Now, the three of you make a difference in people's lives with the show. 
Thank you for all you have done and will do in the future. Thank oh, you so thank you. much, thank Jillian. You. Really appreciate that. And finally, we are also joined by another uh, supporter and active, another active commenter, uh, someone who's just been really a wonderful uh, listener and supporter of the show. Brad Bowman Brad. joins us as well. Thank you so much. Da, da, da. Awesome. Brad, Jillian, an anonymous supporter, your, uh, look, your generosity is, we're grateful. And not only did you help us uh, keep the lights on, as they say, it's true, seriously, it's true. You know, there are bills to be paid every month, but more than anything, you lift our spirits and just encourage us to carry on. But you don't have to be a patron of the show and give us money. There's plenty of free ways to, to support the show, including just sending us an email. I'm will at 1980snow.com. Cat is cat at 1980snow.com. John is too busy to be bothered. And uh, But you could also just uh, make a comment uh, on Facebook or one of our social media accounts. Cat, uh, you've got one of those, right? All right? We had a listener, Megan McCluskey, who uh, wanted us to know that our episode about Cocaine Bear needs yeah. to come with a warning label. Do not listen <laughs> while driving. Because people next to you will think you have lost your mind. And she doesn't know the last time she laughed that hard in the car all by herself. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Mm. Thank you for listening, Megan. You same. Yeah. It was actually yeah. very dangerous of me to listen to our episode while driving on the highway at night. That was not a good idea. <laughs> all right. Hey, yes. somehow I wish I could just share the show exactly how we recorded it. <laughs> and maybe one day I'll be brave enough to. Someday. <laughs> and people can put it together however they want. <laughs> it's like a make your own ending. Like yes. choose your own choose adventure your own book. Yeah. Choose your own adventure yeah. episode of the show. It's more like choose your own podcast, uh, which is not this one. Uh, if you'd like Will to read the next news segment, turn to page 17. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like John and Kat to interrupt him with para jokes, I think a lot of people are going to be uh, skipping Squawk. to just straight to Gen X grown up. And that's cool. <laughs> hey, we will talk to you next time on this podcast, however. Yeah. 1980s now. Until next time. <laughs> See you guys later. This podcast is part of the 80s Ruled Network. Visit the 80s Ruled on Facebook for more 1980s awesomeness.